You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, this morning, my purpose for speaking at all is that we would understand God's heart. That we would understand God's heart so that we could accomplish the mission that God has called us to fulfill. And uh, here at Cola Community Church, we have a new mission, and that is to share God's love by leading people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus. And it's simple. But sometimes some of the simplest things can be difficult to implement. It's something that um, requires some time and effort, prayerful consideration. But ultimately, in order to fulfill God's plan for us here at Kola Community Church, it's going to require that we surrender to his will in our life. And uh, it's, it can be challenging sometimes when we have plans and thoughts and and ideas of what we want out of life. And that God sometimes will give us something that is like, wow, that's a little different than what I was planning. But then when you step into it and you obey the Spirit of God in your life, you'll begin to realize that what he is bringing you into is so much better than what you could have ever planned for yourself. And it's interesting. Cold Lake is a community that I absolutely love. I love Cold Lake. Cold Lake is a place that I spent all my summer vacations. And so for you, I don't know where you spent your summer vacations, where you went that was your retreat, that was your refuge, the place that you spent time with your family. Maybe you had a cabin. Maybe it was Disney World or Disneyland, but some place that you went with your family that was just good memories and family time. For me, that was Cold Lake. That was coming up from Calgary and visiting Grandpa and the family and uh, spending time out on the lake fishing and uh, eating meals around Grandpa's table. And my time in Cold Lake, up until the age of 18, was always vacation. And so when I had the opportunity to move to Cold Lake and come up here, it was like vacation every day. It was wonderful. And then a month later, I realized, okay, it's not a vacation every day. I have to actually do some work here. And, um, but you know what? God's plans are so much better than our plants. And our goal here at Cold Lake Community Church over this next year is that every single one of you that's plugged in, that this is their home church, that you would know God better one year from now. That you would have friends in this church, people that you live life together with, that support you and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. And third, that you would be motivated and compelled by the Spirit to be on mission for Jesus which means to love people, to love people and to share the gospel, to share the good news and the hope that you have with those around you, with those who may be hopeless, those who may be walking in darkness and depression, that if we truly believe that we have the answer, if we truly believe that, then we need to share it. We need to let it out, not let it be a secret that we know Jesus, that he's transformed our life, that he's given us hope and a purpose. But it needs to be something that we want to share with people because we 
honestly believe that a life lived by God's design in relationship with God is the best kind of life that you can live. And I absolutely 100% believe that. Last night, I uh, got a little ding on my phone. And for the most part, I'm pretty good at turning off my push notifications. Does everyone here know what a push notification is? That's where you get it every time you download an app or whatever they say, will you authorize push notifications? That means every time something happens, you get ding, 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 and your phone starts going crazy, and it's, it's like taking over your life. So that's when you go to the settings, and you turn off push notifications. But for some reason, even though my push notifications are off, once in a while I'll get a little Instagram ping. And uh, I'm glad I got this one yesterday, yesterday evening. Um, and I want to read it to you. It's something that uh, one of our youth wrote. Um, a girl who has been coming to youth for a year. So she's fairly new to our youth group here at Cole Lake Community Church. But I wanted to read it to you because I feel like it embodies what God wants to do here in Cold Lake at Cold Lake Community Church. So she wrote this. It says, today marks one year of being a part of CLCC Youth. In all honesty, I didn't want to come the first week at all. I was completely terrified and really wasn't planning on going back for a second time. But God kept pushing me, telling me, try it once more. But now I look back and I'm so thankful that I decided to come because through that I've met friends that are dependable, kind, funny, real, and mean so much to me. I get encouraged every week by testimonies and messages. I have gone from being a girl who had a phobia of people who would literally cross the street if I saw someone coming towards me so I wouldn't have to interact with them to being a girl who tries to say, hey, and smile at everyone that passes by. Youth group has been a place where I now feel comfortable to use my gifts that God has given me. It's a place where I feel loved and accepted like part of a giant family. A place where I know I can find good advice for issues I'm dealing with and a place where I feel challenged to continually grow in my walk with God. And so, dot, 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 if you've made it to the end of this very long paragraph, I would just like to say, if you're looking for somewhere that you'll be appreciated, loved and accepted, we love new people. Fourteen. And as I said, this almost choking me up right now. But what's interesting about this story that she wrote there was it starts off with I and ends off with we. All of us are connected. When you become a Christian, you become part of the body and the family of God. We are the body of Christ. And we're not a lone tree that's standing out in a field somewhere that is fighting against the elements alone. We are a network of trees. We are each like a tree in a forest. These root systems are growing deep and interconnected and winding. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to chop down trees, but sometimes it's really hard. I know we were at, we were at uh, our youth retreat and the whole theme we had was rooted. And one of the youth pastors was sharing about how he had this old birch tree in his yard that he was trying to cut down. And it took him like a whole week. And he bought like six saws. And he was stubborn and determined to get this tree out of the ground. But its root systems 
were so complex and like the thing was going straight down it was almost impossible to get out i guess he needed one of those stump grinders you know but we are not alone in this journey this journey was never meant for us to live on our own and so sometimes people say well why do i need to go to church i can just love god and live a christian life on my own and my answer is you can't really because when you become a christian you are not a lone body. You are connected to the family of Christ. It would be like telling a three-year-old girl or boy, you don't need mom and dad anymore. Just do it on your own. We would never expect somebody to live life on their own at the age of three. But yet we think that we're smart. We can do it better. We can live life on our own, pursue God, read our word, and do it all by ourselves without any support, without any help, without people walking alongside of us, encouraging us teaching us. And the kingdom of God, it's a family. We are sons and daughters of God, and we have a loving Heavenly Father in which we get to walk in relationship with. And what this student wrote here on, on Instagram just warms my heart because she closes it with, we love new people. If you were looking for love, acceptance, come, you'll find it here. What an amazing message. Is that what you would tell your friends if you were describing Cole Lake Community Church as a whole right now? Are you looking for a place where you'll be loved and accepted just as you are right now? Come as you are and you'll be loved here. You'll be loved into the kingdom of God. What an amazing, amazing thought. Loving someone into the kingdom of God. In the gospel, there's, well, there's four gospels. And there's a story in the gospels of Jesus after he gets baptized and he starts his ministry. He's walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And he sees some fishermen in a boat. And he yells out to them and says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible says that immediately the men dropped their nets and went and followed Jesus. And Jesus said to these men, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I've been thinking about this scripture in the context of our mission here at Cole Community Church, to love people, to lead them into a relationship with Jesus. And I've been thinking about it in my own life, how seriously I've taken this call to catch fish, to be out there, engaging with people, loving people exactly where they're at, loving them unconditionally, whether or not they seem receptive to the gospel message or not. Investing and loving in the people that are before you because you know God loves them. And being led by the Spirit and loving people into the kingdom of God. By loving them, but also by speaking truth in a relevant way. We need to be people who speak truth and relevance. And sometimes the relevance part means that we have to decode it a little bit to explain to somebody for, you know, what exactly it means. And I know the first time that I ever went to church, I heard lots of big words that I did not understand. And I needed some decoding. I need somebody to interpret the Christian lingo 
that the people in my small group used because I had no idea what they were talking about. And it's good to think about this. When we invite, if we are a place of invitation, that we are entirely inviting people into our community. See, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for a life that's worth living, if you're looking for hope and meaning in this life, come meet with us. Come eat with us at Alpha. Come join us on a worship service here on Sunday morning. And we'll introduce you to Jesus. The man who is truth, who is always relevant, who's just as relevant today as ever before. He's just as relevant to the lives of people today as he was 2,000 years ago walking along the shores of Galilee. Yesterday, I was at the Energy Center. Rhea had uh, a co-ed hockey tournament. I was there with the kids, but it perfectly lined up. In between her two games, there was a funeral at the Energy Center at the same place. Actually, a family member of mine and so I was able to squeeze it in and, and make it to this funeral. And it was interesting. Pastor Lawrence Poirier was, was presiding over the funeral. I don't know if presiding is the right word, but funerals can be challenging. Funerals of someone who's taken their own life that you're pretty sure didn't know Jesus, very challenging. And Pastor Lawrence did a beautiful job of sharing the gospel message, of giving hope, that there's hope to all of us in the person of Jesus. And in that moment when people are confused, when people start asking the big life questions about, will I see my loved ones again? Those are the moments where we need to speak truth in love with relevance because it's 100% rel relevant in that moment. And it was an interesting time to get to see my family and, and to see different things, but what really struck me was every day we interact with people all the time. And we sometimes don't know what people are facing every single day when we interact with them. And this particular uh, person who passed was somebody who was really bubbly, outgoing. They were somebody who was very energetic. Anybody who is a long-time Cold Laker that knew my grandfather kind of had a similar spirit of always being the life of the party, the entertainer. The person that if they're in the room, they're laughing and singing and the life of the party. Sometimes people like this are some of the people that deal with some of the greatest levels of depression. But sometimes you don't see it because it's masked by entertaining. And you see it in the entertainment world, how many successful artists, singers, rock stars, pop stars, famous people who do amazing things, who seem to have it all, and they end their life. People are looking for meaning and significance. But the world tells us to seek Happiness, that which is fleeting. We have a message of hope for the world that is truth, that is relevant. And we have an obligation as people of God to share the hope that we have with others, to lead people from darkness into light. 
how seriously do we take this? Are we like commercial fishermen? Or are we more recreational fishermen? When it comes to evangelism, sharing our faith. Do we get out there when it's convenient? Some of you in this room will understand what it feels like to spend, invest money on a boat, on a snowmobile, and hardly get a chance to use it. Most people I know are selling their snowmobiles because they never get a chance to use them. It's like buying a brand new boat, spending all your money on this boat, investing in this boat, and having one weekend a year that you get to use it with your family and do some tubing. What a great investment. Think how many, much of our time and energy we invest wanting to know who Jesus is, learning who God is. And what do we do with it? Do we just keep it to ourselves? When it's, and then when it's convenient, we'll, you know, once a year maybe say something to somebody that's close to us, a friend or a family member, but in such a passive way because we don't want them to be upset that we're being too forceful about what we believe or something. I don't know. I just, I was really impacted this weekend. Really impacted this weekend. And um, this question's been on my mind. Am I serious about fishing or am I a recreational fisherman? The Christian life is not a part-time job or part-time commitment. It's a whole life commitment, one in which we die to our old selves and surrender to a new life in Christ, in which we are then raised up in the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and transform our world, bring light and salt into the dark places, into the tasteless places. Not to fear darkness, not to fear the tasteless places, but to bring real salt and flavor to bland living. It looks like it's great. It seems wonderful until you experience true meaning and life in Christ and you realize that you had no taste buds the day before. If you have your Bibles with you, I just want to quickly look at Mark 10:45, And I love this scripture. If you could essentially sum up the gospel message, maybe even the essence of the gospel of Mark into one verse, this one might be close. It says this, the son of man did not come to be saved, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I'm going to read that again. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. As followers of Christ, we're called to follow him, which means to live a life that might look something remotely like the life that he lived, which means that as Christians, we're called to serve, not to live a life where we expect to consistently be served, to be a life that we sacrifice and love people. The book of Mark portrays Jesus as a servant but not just one that just sits in a chair somewhere and washes feet. He was a servant on the move. And the Gospels explain a bit about the life of Jesus, about what he did and what his ministry was about. But he was a servant on the move who was responsive to the will of his Father. 
And consistently throughout the Gospels, you read of Jesus going off by himself to pray, communing with his heavenly Father so that he could do his Father's will. And in fact, Jesus said he did nothing but that which he saw the Father doing. And our job is to follow Jesus, to aim to say, Jesus, I want to do what you do. I want to love what you love. I want to love who you love. Some of the things that we see in Jesus' ministry, he preached the word of God. He taught practical lessons as well as deep spiritual lessons that are relevant, that are relevant. He spoke truth with relevance. Jesus healed. He forgave sins and he healed people. Jesus was constantly ministering to the needs of others, even to the point of death. If you have your Bibles this morning, you turn to Mark 2. This is a story, a parable about, well, not a parable, it's a story of what actually happened here. It says in verse 2, it says, when he had come back to Capernaum, several days afterward, it was around that, that they heard that he was home. So they heard that Jesus was at this home. All these people that had been hearing about Jesus, seeing miracles of Jesus. And it says in verse 2, that so many of them were gathered together that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word of God to them. The Bible translation I have is NASB, so it might sound a little bit different. But it says here that they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down a pallet or a mat on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the, some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware of his spirit, the spirit that they're reasoning with um, within themselves, he said, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or get up, pick up your mat, and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he turned and said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up and pick up your pallet and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet, or his mat, went out to the sight of sight of everyone, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, what we have never seen anything like this. What would it look like for somebody to come into Cold Lake Community Church and leave a service saying, I've never seen anything like that? And not in, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. It was despicable. I'm never coming back. But I've never been to a place where I felt and experienced love like that.
There's three things, three things I wanted to highlight from this scripture here, from this story. So you got Jesus. He's in a crowded house. There's people coming from all around. And these weren't big houses. Like, this wasn't like a 6,000 square foot house. Like, this house was not the size of this room. This house was probably like a little, like, 300 or 400 square foot thing. I don't know. Probably not very huge. Probably one room, maybe two. And people are crammed in there. And here come four friends with their friends on a mat. And they believe, if I can just get my friend to Jesus, Jesus can help him. Jesus can heal him. And they show up, and there's people crowded around everywhere. There's people crowding the doors that he can't even get in. But that didn't deter them. They were determined to lead their friend to Jesus because they knew that ultimately Jesus was the only hope that their friend had. And so they took it upon themselves to climb up a staircase onto the roof of this house and tear apart the roof. I was joking with Hayward this morning. God forbid we prevent people from coming to Jesus by the way that we live. The people have to break through our roof to meet him. So they break through the roof and they lower him down. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat and walk. One thing I want to emphasize is that obviously the friends. This is often where people focus on the scripture. is on the friends that were determined to lead their friend to Jesus because they knew he was the only hope. And their perseverance and their faith that God would heal. That's one aspect of this, of this story. One is that when they eventually did bring their friend into the presence of Jesus, their friend was changed. His sins were forgiven. His life was changed. And when we lead people to Jesus and they experience the presence of God, their lives will be changed also. But there's another aspect of this story where these four men are trying to bring their friend to Jesus and they show up to where Jesus is and they can't get in. And there's a pile of people with their backs turned away from the paralytic and his friends. They're so busy trying to look into the house, looking through the windows. They're trying to catch a glimpse of Jesus for themselves. They're trying to hear what Jesus is teaching about. Their total focus and concern is on them experiencing Jesus. They don't even notice that there's someone in need behind them, or if they do, they don't care. Because the reason that they are there is so that they can meet Jesus. They can hear Jesus. I wonder if we ever do that. I wonder if we ever go to a conference or to a church meeting or a gathering and are completely oblivious. What's the word? Oblivious. That's it. Oblivious. Put that in your dictionary. Are completely oblivious to the needs of the people around them. Did I just say it again? 
Okay, that's it. I'm oblivious. I've been around you too long. I don't think uh, dyslexia is like uh, it'd be passed by sharing a cup or something. But, um, you know, I wonder if sometimes when we are pursuing Jesus for ourselves, if we miss opportunities around us to serve and to love someone else. And my hope is that when we go to pursue Jesus, when we go to meet with Jesus, that we don't go alone, that we bring people along for the ride with us. And it's called evangelism. It's called outreach. It's called sharing and preaching the gospel. It's called living life together with people. And so I can tell you this, as Christians, our goal is not to have as many Christian friends as we can have so we don't have to interact with sinners. The people of Jesus' day that he detested the most were those types of people. The people that Jesus drove the most nuts were the religious people who prided themselves in how much they could distance themselves from sinners. And Jesus did the opposite. He then left this paralyzed meeting and went and came across Matthew, a, a tax collector, a scoundrel, a, a thief, someone who was basically stole from people. defrauded people of their hard-earned income. And he said, follow me. And sat and had a feast with sinners and tax collectors and the people that the religious people looked down on and thought, those people are so lowly, I can't believe that a man who calls himself a rabbi or a man of God would even interact with those types. Jesus is called the friend of sinners. So what should that make us? Do we have some friends that are some big sinners? I think, I, know, I think all of us know people. But the goal of the Christian life is not to isolate ourselves from them. It's to walk in community with Christian people to encourage you, support you, hear messages like this that will encourage you give you the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to go into the dark and sinful places and bring light and joy and hope to people that don't have any. And you know what? Something this last Friday, I'm so proud of our youth. Our youth are doing so many cool things. But this last Friday night, we had um, Samantha Krauser and uh, Courtney Colborn share a message. And you would have been so proud of them. They did such an amazing job. So much deep insight into what they had to bring and share about who God is. But something that stood out to me that I've been thinking about since Friday is something that Courtney said. She said, God wants to fill you and be with you. God wants to fill you and be with you. When we leave this place, you don't leave your spirituality behind. You don't leave Jesus behind when you leave this place. Because he wants to fill you and be with you everywhere you go. That is the God that we serve. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he's with us everywhere we go. And so we don't need to bring people to church necessarily to meet Jesus. 
because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to take people to a location for them to encounter God. We have the amazing privilege of bringing God to people wherever we go because he is in us. He is alive and within us. And he wants to fill us with more and more of him so we have more and more to give. In Mark 2.17, a little bit after this, this scripture here, Jesus says, who needs a doctor, the healthier of the sick? See, Jesus spent his time with the spiritually sick. He spent time with the sinners. But the people that were spiritually fit didn't understand it. Do we want to love the people that Jesus loves? Do we want to be a people who follow Jesus, who are fishers of men? Not just recreationally when it's convenient, once every 10 years. So not even once every 10 years. Apparently the stat in Christian churches in North America is a church will lead someone new to the Lord once every like 80 years or something. 12, what is it? I think it was like, wasn't it something outrageous? The average Christian, it takes like 80 years statistically for them to lead someone to God. You want to know what's going to reinvigorate your faith this year? Is when you lead someone to Jesus and you walk with them and you disciple that person and you teach them what God has taught you and showed you and you invest in that person's life and get them to a place where they can then lead someone else and introduce them to Jesus. And my hope is that we would be people who are like the four friends that would go out and find the people who desperately are spiritually sick and take them to the doctor. Introduce them to Jesus. But... It does require something of us. I want to love who God loves, and I think you do too. That's why you're sitting here. But the question that it's ultimately going to come down to is this. Are you open to Jesus changing the very nature of our church community with a flood of people who on the surface seem like everything we're not? Meaning... Are you willing to tolerate someone that comes in and maybe doesn't always have the most beautiful, soft language? I worked with so many guys that every second word was the F word and they didn't even know they were swearing. And if I was offended every time I talked to them, I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with them today. Are we willing because this is the thing, this is the honest truth. If we care about fishing, if we honestly care about the souls and the lives in our community, and all of a sudden this room doubles and next year we have twice as many people sitting in this room, somebody that you brought with you, someone that you brought to the doctor that you knew was spiritually sick, it's gonna change the dynamics. For some of you that have been gro grown and raised in the church your whole life, there might be things that might offend you sometimes, people say. Some things that just 
make things uncomfortable? Are we willing to put some of those sacred cows aside to love people where they're at and give them time to meet with the Holy Spirit and allow him to transform them as we speak truth with love and relevance into their life? Are we willing to do that? I believe we can rock Cold Lake in a huge way. But it's going to require some, some sacrifice. It might mean that the songs we sing on a Sunday change a little bit. It might mean that the structure of service looks a little different once in a while. It might mean that we have to divest some of our church funds in an area that we weren't expecting because the need is so high. But we're going to see Jesus transform our community and the lives in our community. If we look at Jesus, but also bring someone else along with the ride and not just turn our backs to people. And we can do it. I believe that God is building the foundation now for growth, but not for the sake of growth. The evangelism and the stuff that we want to do in our community is not a gimmick to get butts in seats. It's because we know that people are sick, people are dying, people are depressed, people are killing themselves. We potentially have an antidote and are afraid to give it out because of what they might think. God God forbid we give someone something that might help them. Sometimes people don't even want to hear, but that's, it's okay. You, that's why we're led by the Holy Spirit. There's not one way to do it. God is going to lead us all in different ways in different days to meet people where they're at and speak truth and relevance to them in different ways. There's not going to be one model that we follow that's going to be the same for every person in every situation. But what God requires is people that love him and are willing to love others as they love themselves that are willing to put themselves and other, other people above themselves. If your child was lost, if your child was, was in a far-off land, hungry, starving, needing help, needing spiritual guidance and help, would you not want people there to, to see your child and meet their needs? Imagine what evangelism would look like if we had the same compassion and empathy and care for that person out on the street, that person that we work with, that person we interact with as we do for our children. Think of the sacrifice that we make for our children. They're huge. Because it's love. Like was said this morning, we love our children. And everything we do needs to be motivated by God's love in us. And as we fulfill our mission, which is to share God's love and leading others to an authentic relationship with Jesus, we're going to grow in the process. If you're feeling kind of spiritually stagnant, I said this a few weeks ago. Get prepared. Start preparing now. Get your big boots on and your, your dumb waiters because nothing is going to grow you spiritually more than leading someone to Jesus 
or someone bringing you someone who's new in Jesus and walking alongside them and discipling them and meeting with them regularly, eating with them around your kitchen table, teaching them, sharing with them, getting to know who they are and sharing truth, relevance, and love. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, this morning. God, that you want to move in our community. And God, Lord, I thank you that you are present in our midst. And God, I thank you, Lord, that when we walk out these doors, Lord, that you want to continually be filling us, God, with your presence, with your power. God, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that this word would seek in, seek in deep. Lord, that you would highlight to each of us some people in our lives that you want us to invest in, to love. with the hope of being able to lead them to the spiritual doctor, to Jesus. God, I pray for our heart motives, Lord, that it wouldn't be just for a notch on our belt. God, something we do out of religious obligation, but God, that we would be motivated by your love to love those in our midst, those in our circle of influence. God, that we would pick up our rods a little bit more than just recreationally. But Lord, that we would live our lives with intention. God, not like a piece of driftwood just floating down a river, hoping we end up somewhere good. But Lord, that you would direct us and guide us and lead us to those in our lives, God, that you want us to impact and to share your light and your love with. So Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If uh, anyone needs prayer for anything, please come up. Love to pray for you. But um, my hope is that this would be a message that you think about this week. That it wouldn't be in one ear out the other but that uh, God would speak to you continually throughout this week and highlight some people to you that God wants you to interact with and, and make a difference in their lives. So bless you. Thank you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.